0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome, welcome, welcome to the 39th installment of the Bobby Kudo Show. check it out the album is fantastic and you know what (laughs) welcome everybody you know what these guys nothing encapsulates the 80s like yes so glad I could play that for you today guys welcome 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 everybody episode 39 I know I know I know it's been a minute But I've been busy, you know, it's been summertime and the weather's been right and just enjoying the family, enjoying uh, getting things ready for summertime, right? We get three months ready, maybe, maybe three months we get that in the summertime over here in New England. You know, I don't know where you're at. If you're down in Florida, Texas, even south of the Carolinas, you guys always get the good weather. You know, I know you struggle with some of the (laughs) hurricanes and tornadoes, but. Nonetheless, you guys get some great weather. Listen, let me tell you how great it feels to be behind the mic. You know, I put the show together. Actually, I started putting this episode together probably three weeks ago, you know, and I've been building the show, thinking about the things that have been happening. And I'll be honest with you guys, I've been a little intimidated, you know, a little intimidated of coming on the mic and sharing my personal opinion at this point, because to be quite honest with you. I don't even know that it's safe to say how you feel anymore. You know, we've gotten to a point now where people are being judged and criticized and ridiculed for their own ideas and the way that they feel and the things that they believe to be okay with them. So I was kind of like just sitting back watching the news. You know, I've been talking to friends, you know, getting opinions, getting ideas, but ultimately ended up deciding to say, you know what? Enough is enough. I can't I can't just sit back and, and not deliver the message. And it's been quite Uh, An interesting time, tell you that, you know, seeing the things, you know, through media, and and I will tell you, you know, media is just, there's no, you know what, I just want to, I'd like to bring this up, you know, if you guys remember video games, you know, in the 90s, you know, the people, the video games started coming out and, you know, quickly people realized with, uh, you know, games that were being released like Doom, the Mortal Kombat, if you guys remember, Mortal Kombat, the violence in the games—they they became increasingly more graphic. You know, more graphic, more real. Finish him. You know, if you guys remember Mortal Kombat, you ripped the guy's—you know—head off with his, his spine still attached. You know, that—that that was the. And so, you know, Congress and Senate and everybody got involved, and they decided to put a rating system together. So now you can't go—you know—you can't walk into a, a GameStop or a Best Buy or any of these stores without and, and, and able to purchase one of these games that are rated. Uh, Because of the violence. You know, with with that said, uh, the reason I even bring that up, if you apply that to the media, you know, I guess I remember where the news, kind of like sports, you know, not much different than sports. If you have a streaker on the field, typically whatever station is carrying the game will will turn away from the field. They don't, like, in other words, they don't want to encourage it. They don't want to put you on TV to encourage that kind of behavior. Same idea here. Now, if you guys are watching the news, I will tell you that I think that really the news should start having a rating. Like I I think there should be on the top left-hand corner that says TVMA because the more aggressive media uh, and the way that they're delivering these messages, guys, I'm telling you, you're watching people get literally run over. And I'm not saying we hide this from anybody. I'm not saying that we don't share this information. I just think that, you know what, if I'm sitting at dinner with my family, you know, know, working all day because, you know, I got white privilege, so I got to go to work every day, uh, bust my ass and get home. And when I do that, I finally get to sit down at you know table with my family. You know, maybe I'll put the news on, and we'll have conversation based on you know I have an older family, with the exception of my granddaughter. Both my kids are older, and my my wife and I like-minded, so we have these conversations as adults at the kitchen table. So if I might have the news on, and all of a sudden I'm watching somebody get literally run over by an explorer or an expedition, and someone's getting stabbed on the subway, and it, it it's so violent, it's so vulgar. And again, I, I only bring it up because there was at one time they would they would they might mention it they might say it but they wouldn't show it and now it's getting more increasingly more vivid and you're actually seeing this stuff I mean I don't know that it desensitizes us to these events but all in all I mean this stuff is just out there. No, I mean, I I don't know. Again, are we numb to this guys? Is it gotten to that point where we don't even realize what it is that we're seeing that, you know, social media and the idea that, you know, I can scroll through my Instagram, I can scroll through any of my social Twitter, any of my social media apps, and I can see some pretty, some pretty nasty things. And again, I'm not saying that we hide these things or these videos, you know, I think sharing this information is more vital now than ever before but by the same token i mean the eyes that are that are getting you know the people that are seeing this that the, you know can we limit the, the ages that are seeing this kind of stuff i mean do i want my granddaughter to you know we're sitting there watching tv and do i want it i think we really need to rethink all this i think we're in a situation now where it's all about the who can make the, the loudest bang the loudest bang gets the the most views and the most advertising you know just i don't understand it and it always seems like every station you know, oh exclusive you're only gonna see it here you're only gonna see it here well i mean it's like it's almost like they're competing for who's got the most right up in your face news report i, I just who's controlling this right who's controlling this narrative what is going on guys what <sighs> let me take a breath welcome to episode 39 of the bobby kudo show i am your host bobby kudo returning once again. Yeah, a little rant there in the opening guys but you know what well i think it's i think it's just absolutely well deserved i think it's justified considering you know the current climate of what we're dealing with and everything that's going on i listen i i'm scared guys i don't i don't know what uh, i don't know what tomorrow looks like you know usually i was always been confident and always believed that if you worked hard and that you played on the right side of the fence that uh things were going to be okay but that's not the case now because you know it's just absolute lawlessness in the country no matter where you go, no matter where you look, yeah. <laughs> oh, Bill de Blasio, man, yeah, the mayor of New York, I, shame on you. You know, I hope, you know, and I, I, I might go all over the place today, guys. I got a lot, a lot of pent up uh, energy that I haven't been able to share, but I, I just, shame on you, sir. Shame on you. I cannot believe the uh, chaos that is taking place in New York. And the only thing that these people like de Blasio can talk about is defunding the police, defunding the police. Listen. I'm going to just come out there right now. I'm just going to come right out here and say it. I don't, I, you know what? I, will, I am not, I, I come on here and I give my advice and I give my opinion and I like to share my advice and share my opinion, but never do I uh, pretend to be something that I'm not. And one thing I am absolutely certain that I am not is a police commissioner. Uh, I'm not a police chief. I'm not a social organizer. I'm not a safety expert. I don't know any of those things. But what I do know is that for hundreds, hundreds of years, uh, even, you know what, let's say thousands of years. How about thousands of years? How about thousands and thousands of years? Go back to the Romans. Go back to as far back as you want to go. And no matter what society it was, there was always a figure of law. There was. They have. Uh, no matter what it is, it, it doesn't matter if you're democratic. It doesn't matter if it's socialism. It doesn't matter if it's communism. It doesn't matter what it is. There is always some form of law and order within the people. There just. It has to be. There needs to be. So I challenge anyone who says, let's defund the, oh, well, no, we're not really defunding them. Yeah, you are. You're, You're taking money away. You're taking resources away from people that are risking their lives, who have made the ultimate sacrifice, who have sworn an oath to protect you and I at any, in any circumstance. Is everybody perfect? No. Let's just take a look at these politicians. Let's look at the record of the politicians. Uh, Have we given up? Are we going to defund the politicians because we have politicians that have raped people? Are we going to defund the politicians because there are politicians out there that have ordered mass killings upon people that didn't deserve to die, that made decisions that ultimately were the main factor why innocent people died? People like Hillary Clinton that didn't make decisions when they needed to be made in a situation like Benghazi where Americans died and nobody's talking about it? That's what I'm talking about. How about holding these people accountable? You know, not, not, not our law enforcement, not the people out there that are patrolling the streets trying to, to, to keep law and order. The people that want the chaos, the people that want the, the this lawlessness are the ones that are gaining and winning. Well, why don't they want the police, uh, uh, right? Well, you know what? listen, if I want to take something, the first thing I'm going to do is I need to get rid of the police, right? And that's what they're doing. Listen, if you defund the local police, I don't know if you know this, and I'm going to explain it to you. And I hope, I, you know what, and I hope I don't insult anybody, but the police are for the state. The the police are organized by your local municipality. So if you live in Fall River, Massachusetts, the city of Fall River manages their police department. If you live in a town, a small town, like even like Rehoboth, the Rehoboth town, they manage their police department based on the needs of their populace and the things that they feel their populace needs. So when you defund the police, who are you defunding? Where are you taking the money from? So now you have no longer no police in, in, in your in your states. So who comes in and to protect the people? Ultimately, what's gonna happen when there's no more cops? Because quite honestly, I'm absolutely surprised that the police are still responding to their shifts every single day. My hat's off to you. You know, you want to talk about taking people for granted. You want to talk about people that are are thinking about things outside of themselves, including their families. For goodness sake, there are people that are setting up. You know, they're actually making fake calls so that they can ambush police when they show up to the call and throw bricks at them. You know, two police yesterday, two police from Texas were, were slain, were murdered how are we allowing this to happen how are we watching this happen how is no one intervening how is it nancy pelosi tell me tell tell me how it is from your castle when you look down upon your constituents of, of the great state of California. You know, when you look at these people and they're living in the streets and they're shooting up right in the middle of the sidewalks as, as women and children walking by. How do you sleep at night? You want the president's taxes? Now that's, that's, your, that's your game now is you want the president's taxes? Are you fucking kidding me right now? People are still dying from Corona. Just yesterday, they're saying that the highest numbers ever recorded from Florida. Yesterday, from Corona. Well, doesn't that matter anymore? Is it about the protest? Oh, we can protest everybody. Yeah, let's all get together. Let's all hold hands. Let's all share spit and saliva. We can do that. But God forbid we open up the gym down the street. God forbid we allow allow the restaurants to open and service the people that want to go into these establishments. Let people make their own decisions. You have no right. You have no right. If people want to go out and people want to take the chance, knowingly take the chance, then let them do so. Everybody's making the right decision for themselves. You have no right. Governor Baker, I ask you, take a step back on this one. Just let people live their lives. We need to go through the process. 1.5 million people died of tuberculosis last year. Uh, did Did we close anything? Did anything shut down? I don't think so. I didn't hear anything. Again, the coronavirus, I am not undermining it. I believe that it is a serious problem for everyone right now. I believe that. But stopping the motion and movement of the American people of this country is not the right thing to do. We need to get back to work. I hope you agree. I, I do. I hope you agree. But I am telling you, I am extremely and absolutely passionate about our law enforcement. And I will not sway. There is, there is nothing anyone can say to me that will make me sway the way that I feel about these people that are sacrificing everything to protect the people that, that don't even appreciate the fact that they're being protected. Because it, 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 it's, it's, you know, it's, it's like your mom, it's like your dad. All the years when you were growing up, you didn't appreciate them. You didn't appreciate them until you had kids of your own. And then you look back and you say, wow, really, they, they did. They really did sacrifice a lot for me. They really did go out of their way for me. So when I'm watching the mayor of the, one of the greatest cities in the world, New York City, the greatest city in the world, And you've got Bill de Blasio on Fifth Avenue with a paint roller and he's painting Black Lives Matter in front of Trump Tower. Sir, sir, I ask you, do you actually care about your constituents? Do you care, sir? Because I do not believe that you do. I believe that this is a political game for you. I believe that you're playing this ridiculous, insane, leftist, idealistic game that is just absolutely insanity. Absolute insanity. And the idea that you have all these people with you and you're smiling for the cameras. People are dying. People are being run over. People are sacrificing everything for what they believe in. Meanwhile, you're smiling on television and you're defacing the city. It's insane. How does it stop? We need to make it stop. Do you think Cuomo would have something to do with it? Of course not. They're all in the game together. Don't fall for this, everybody. What do we... Pay attention, guys. How much did it cost for them to paint that Black Lives Matter down Fifth Avenue? How How much resources? How many resources... And it, that could have been directed to help people that are in dire, desperate need of assistance right now. Like the people of California that are literally living in their own shit. You know, let's go to Seattle. Let's, you want to take, let's get to take a ride. Get in. Guys, let's get on the bus. Let's go over to Seattle, Washington. And let's go see those assholes over there. The Chop Chaz peeps. What are you doing? Look, wh- what is it exactly that you're doing? You're printing propaganda to kill, rape, and steal. Okay, we're going to we're going to take over these this area that we're going to seize the police department. This is ours. We're going to take it. Uh, This is our zone. This is our place. This is you can't come here. Really? And what do you do just just over the week? One dead, two injured. And then you stop the police and the ambulances from going to help these people. So they absolutely die from their injuries because of your idiotic stupidity. And how is it that Mayor Jenny Durkin? How is it? Explain to me. Mrs. Durkin, explain to me, explain to me how this is a block party, right? It's going to be the summer of love. This is what you're telling people? This is this is what you're running on? This is, you know, let me tell you something. You know what? If I gave my granddaughter an M80 and a, and a cigarette lighter, guess what she's going to do? Guess what she's going to do? She's going to figure out how to like that M80, and she's probably going to explode it in her hands. You know, sometimes you just can't let people do whatever it is they think they want to do. You've got a generation of people that do not or have any idea what it means to sacrifice, what it means to lose, what it means to go without. Shame on every single one of you. I will say it out loud. Shame. I am embarrassed. I am absolutely embarrassed because, you know, if there's anything that I foster and that I hold dear to this show is the idea that we look out for each other, that we take care of one another, that we absolutely, under all circumstances, regardless, we take care of each other. And that's not what we're doing. That's not what we're doing here. We're not taking care of each other. We're hurting one another. We're creating separations. Where we're segregating again. You know who wins? I'll tell you who wins. You know who wins in all this? The Al Shoptons wins in all this. The Jesse Jacksons. The Black Lives Matter. You know what? You guys, do you guys know? Yeah, let's talk about Black Lives Matter for a second, right? Let's, let's, let's talk about this for a second. You know, yeah, everybody's all about the Black Lives Matter. Oh, Black Lives? Yes. Yes, absolutely. But do you know that Black Lives Matter is an organization? Did you know that? Where do you think all that money goes? Do you think that there's this this special group of of, of, of African Americans somewhere that are collecting all these funds and and taking all this money and putting it in a safe place and distributing it properly so that it does good to the black Americans of this country? Do you believe that for one second? Do you? Because if you do, you maybe maybe you don't belong here. Because that's not how it works. Black Lives Matters is making millions upon millions of dollars and that money is not going to the people. The people here are the engine. You convince people to go out in the streets and do what it is that they're doing and they'll continue to do it and fight for something that they believe is in the best interest of them and their, and their children. But that's not the case. You know, Black Lives Matter, if you guys remember, let's let's just do a little history here because I like history. It was August 10th of 2014 in Ferguson, Missouri. That's where Black Lives Matter was born. You had an encounter with Officer Darren Wilson. The hands up, don't shoot. We all remember that. Mr. Michael Brown, 18 years old. And the information was so diluted. And, it, and I hate to even say this out loud, but guys, the truth is the truth. You need to hear the truth. And the truth is this. The Black Lives Matter movement was based on a lie. Fundamentally, the foundation of BLM was a lie When initial reports came out It was that, 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 that Michael Brown was on the street With his hands up saying Hands up, don't shoot that is, No, you know, it was all a lie It was false testimony That's not what happened When Darren Wilson approached Michael Brown Michael Brown punched him in the face And reached for his gun At that point, that's where it all went bad That's how this all went down It's, it's tragic, the idea of, of a life lost But let's not confuse one for another Let's not confuse one for another, because as of recent events, that is not the same that has happened in the past. So what happens with Black Lives Matter? That's where they get the momentum at that point. So already based off a lie, Black Lives Matter movement is born. And from there, it becomes a money engine, getting people all over the world to contribute and donate to an organization that is not distributing the money the way that it should, or in any way for that matter. Where's it going? Explain to me go to the black lives matter website go take a look go see go is there a website go check go see go see what kind of information is there you know and at this point guys i'm being honest look if if i thought for one second that blm was a good thing i'd be here telling you this is a great thing let's 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 follow the let's 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 go along with the fight let's follow the reason but these people do not have our best interest in mind the idea is to create separation separation amongst all of us if you create separation, if you create fear, then you have a reason. You need a bodyguard, right? The more, the more famous you are, the more popular you are, the higher up the food chain you get, the more security you need, right? The president, right? Look at the president. He's at the top of the food chain. How much security does he... He actually has an organization specifically dedicated to protecting him. Do you have bodyguards? I do not have bodyguards. I've got no one. Let's really put this in perspective of what it is, guys. It's a money machine. And they're spreading a message that isn't helping anyone. Oh, we want to get rid of the police departments. We want to just just completely abolish police for five years. Let's see what happens for five years. Really, guys? Do we think it's going to last five years? Because I can tell you what. Within 30 days, I, I guarantee you within 30 days, the chaos The rape, the pillaging that would be taking place throughout this country without police for five years. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me right now? And then what happens? Those, the National Guard comes in, right? Well, we need help. It's chaos. We don't have any police officers. So what do you do? You call in the National Guard. Who controls the National Guard, guys? It's the government. So now the government is your police? So what is it now? Is it the state federal police department? Who controls that? The president? Is that what you want? You don't think that the state has your best interest in mind? You want the government to police you? Let's be very cautious of what we wish for here. Do not, do not fall into this trap. This is a trap. We cannot fall into this trap. Say no. Say absolutely not. I don't want to mail my vote in. And I do not want to defund the police departments. Oh, and by the way... I love Goya. I think their their, their ingredients and their product is absolutely fantastic. I love it. I think it's great. And shame on anyone. Shame on anyone. Shame on anyone who's boycotting a company like that. That was founded in New York by a man who was selling eggs and chickens and builds an empire, a generational empire that employs. Thousands of people. And you're going to boycott the company because the second generation owner of the company says that he feels that the president is good and that he's a builder. All true statements. You know, nobody said the president was your friend. The president is doing a job. He's running a country. Why do people want the president to be their friend? You know why? Because it's what we wanted from our parents. I say we, not me. I say there's a generation out there that want the president to be like their mom. Oh, my mom was like my buddy. My dad was like my friend. Yeah, well, you know what? If you, were your, if you are your kid's friend, then you're a terrible parent. You are a shitty parent. If you are friends with your kids, then you suck. You should not be friends with your kids. Your kids should respect you. You should be great. You should be able to hang out together, do wonderful things. But at the end of the day, that's your child and you are their parent, not their buddy, not their friend. So that's the expectation of this generation is they want the president to act like the president is their friend. The president is not your friend. The president is running the country. He's doing important things. So what do you guys do? You pull a temper tantrum. Now you want to rip all the statues down. You want to take everything down. Theodore Roosevelt. Are you kidding me? Really? Seriously? They, they took down a statue of, of, of Abraham Lincoln in Boston? Are you kidding me right now, guys? Are you seriously kidding me right now? How is this even happening? How can this even be? I will tell you. I've seen many disturbing things. I have seen many disturbing things on television, guys. I've things that I wish I've never seen. You know, again, it was social media and and the internet. You, you're able to see things that you should never. You know what? One of the You know what bothered me the most is when I, I, I watched a group of people with ropes tied to Andrew Jackson who was sitting on a horse and they were pulling from both directions trying to knock this massive monument down to the ground and they were doing it with such hate when, when you when you think about those situations you know I think of Saddam Hussein and how you know the, the people were liberated in Iraq and I watched that I watched it I watched it live when when they threw the ropes over and they pulled down the statue and the statue come crashing down you had, you could see that these people were, were getting liberated they were smacking the statue with their flip-flops as a sign of disrespect, something that you could see these people, and we're doing this in our own country based on the founding fathers. You know what, guys, listen, (laughs) at the end of the day, nothing's pretty. All right. If surgery was pretty, then everybody would be a surgeon. You know what? Surgery is ugly. Surgery is very difficult. There are things that you don't want to see and that you can't unsee, but sometimes you gotta. And that's what and that's what it means to, to to build a nation, to build a country, to write a constitution. Like, these people had nothing. They came from nowhere. They got on a boat and they floated across the ocean. And they came to a land and they created something. It was 200 years ago. Do you realize how long the humans have been have been inhabiting the planet? I mean, when you really stop and think about it for a quick second, you stop and think outside of yourself. In this time scale of humanity, of the human race upon this planet, do you realize that we are not even a decimal point? We are not even a decimal point. But somehow we want to change everything. Somehow we want to change all of the history. Look, I... I don't think it was good. I think, it, yeah, a lot of that shit sucked. It sucked for a lot of people. But you know what? Here we are. Here we are. You're not going to tell me that opportunity isn't there for everyone who wants it. It is. It absolutely is. When you sit back and you choose to be a victim of your environment or your... Then, you know what, guys? I will tell you this. I've said it before and I'll say it again. I, you know, I was brought up in a really bad... I, you know, my childhood was terrible. Abuse. Abuse alcohol, violence, all of those things. I am a good person. I practice it every single day. Just because I was brought up in that environment doesn't mean that that has to be the way that I have to live up my life. And that's what I'm telling you. Stop looking at that 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 stuff and saying to yourself, gee, look, like, what well, are we gonna repeat? No, we're not gonna repeat that. that that's how we know we were burned. We, we, don't, we know we're not going to touch the fire again. But when you remove all this history, you forget. You forget all of it. You forget what it meant. I, how is it that you can just erase it? Just take it away. Just abolish it from from everything. I, I just, I don't understand. I don't understand how we do that. And I think that as a nation, as a people, that we really have to sit back and we really have to realize what it is you want. What do you want in your life? What do you want in your life? What do you expect from the government? Are you going to do it for yourself or are you going to wait for someone else to do it for you? Are you going to get up? Are you going to learn? Are you going to teach? You got to do something. You're getting up every day and, and just and, and protesting and going into and just creating lawlessness and burning down Wendy's. We're not, we're not going anywhere. You guys are not creating any jobs. or We're not putting anything away for our future, for our children, for the next generation. What are they going to do, guys? What are they going to do? Have, have nursing homes full of people that don't even know how to turn a screwdriver? Because that's what it is, guys. That's what it is. I, I'll tell you, man, I I, I built the show. I, I put so much together and not even realizing it until I'm sitting here right now and I'm expressing to you guys the way that I feel is just I, enough is enough. Like I've just, I've had it. Like we have to, we have to change this, this way of thinking. We have to change the idea that we're forming opinions without having all the information. And that's what we're doing. That's what we're doing. You know what? Here's one for you. And, and some of you will appreciate this. And maybe some of you won't today. I happen to be out. I went to go get a cup of coffee. Rachel and I went for a drive, grabbed a cup of coffee and if if anybody knows the weather today in New England I think it's like 108 degrees out there the humidity it's just it's the air is dead it's just a real terrible day I mean I say terrible day in heat I mean it's a gorgeous day if you got a pool or you're at the beach but as far as heat wise if you had to stand out in this heat all day it's not a good thing but anyway, coming back from Dunkin' Donuts and we come over this bridge and as we're driving over the bridge, now keep in mind, and I look over to my right and I see this gentleman there and uh, shorts on. He's got his, his golfing cap on and he's got these two kids with him that look almost confused. And a couple of things like I went by and re- really like when I looked at the situation, I immediately formed an opinion. Right. So I look at this guy, two kids in the middle of a hot sun. One, you're not a fisherman, because if you're a fisherman, you realize you're not going to be standing on this bridge in the middle of 108 degrees fishing in brackish water with two freshwater rods. Right away, I say to myself, gee, looks to me like it could be a single dad who probably just got his kids for the first weekend and decided he was going to take them fishing, not realizing that it was going to be 108 freaking degrees outside. Neither kid wanted to be there. Now, mind you, do you guys realize I absolutely formed that opinion and that idea with probably what, five seconds of me driving by and looking at this guy on the bridge? Do you realize that? Probably none of that is absolutely true. I, I could be fathers from the truth. I- I- that could be a guy that just just rolled out of bed after a coma of 30 years and is seeing his kids for the first time and decided." He was gonna go fishing, right? Like, I have no idea. But my first initial thought and process—that's what it was. Single dad got his kids for the weekend for the first time, and he's fishing in brackish water. See, see what I'm saying? When, when we—not that any of that is true, or nor do I believe any of that is true. My point, of even bringing that up to you guys, is to real make you realize how quickly we form and fill in the blanks. We, when we don't know all of the information, we immediately assume and apply our own thoughts and ideas to finish the narrative. And that's what we need to stop we need to get all the information before we move forward you know if you if you're driving hey listen everybody hey we're all going up north we're gonna go to the cabin we are gonna go to the lake okay the first thing you do when you get in your car is you put that information in your gps you don't just hit the road not knowing where you're going right and hope for the best and halfway there decide that you're going to try to figure out where you're going no You, you have your destination you look at the map you realize okay this is this is my distance this is my travel this is where i'm going this is how i get there and that would be the same for anything else educate yourself apply this information you know you got people again i brought it up earlier like they're talking about the president's taxes again guys who gives a shit i don't care about his taxes i do not care what i want is the economy back i want people working again guys i'm a manager i have a full-time job and i'm a manager i am struggling i can't hire people i don't have people to put in positions that i need why because why would anybody go back to work and listen, I'll throw this out to every politician out there. Why would anybody go to work when you're encouraging them to stay home? Extra 600 bucks a week, if I go back to work, I lose that money. So what the hell, man? How the hell are we going to get America back to work when we're paying people to stay home? For what reason? Why are people staying home? I don't get it. Why are you home? It's time to get out. It's time to get out. It's summertime. It's time to get out of the house. It's time to be a part of society. It's time to enjoy the sun, guys. You have to do something. Woo! look at you got me all fired up guys (laughs) did i mention this is episode 39 and did i mention we were celebrating the year 1982 guys let's take a break let's take a minute and just try to digest some of that you know i that's that's three weeks of pent-up energy right there that just kind of spewed itself up. And I know and I hope that you guys take that information and use it. You know, the problem today is you turn on the news and it's this constant Monday morning quarterback shit. It's it's the same obvious stuff that people keep saying over and over and over and over again. We know what the problems are. We know what we need to succumb. We know what the obstacles that we're facing. So at what point do we say to ourselves, "I'm mean, I'm not going to be a victim anymore? I'm not, I'm not. Listen, and anybody who thinks reparations is going to help you, listen, they're going to give you reparations and then they're going to tax you on it. So just make your own money. Make your own success. Be the next Kanye. Be the next Drake. Why not? Guys, listen. We live in a country where Scotty McCreary, if you guys don't know who that is, look him up. Scotty McCreary. He won American Idol. If that douchebag can be super famous selling like platinum records, then anybody, like that right there is proof positive that anybody can be successful in this great country, right guys? (laughs) Welcome guys to episode 39. I know, I know, but I mean, what am I going to tell you? Like, that's just the way it has to be. You know, 40 minutes of me just letting you know about how I feel. Like this is just, and I know a lot of you agree. I mean, it's just enough is enough and nobody's saying it. Just, just say it. Just, just, just absolutely just say it. Outside of that, like I'm done. I don't even want to talk about that anymore. Let's talk about, I haven't seen you guys in a while. We had Father's Day. Fourth of July, all of those events took place. I tell you what, we had, I loved my Fourth of July. My Father's Day was absolutely amazing. If you guys follow on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. Facebook, if you don't shame on you, but you should be. And if you are, you would see. I keep posting there regularly and just kind of the events have been going on and the hanging out. And I will let you guys out on a secret. I joined a softball team. I did it. I joined a softball team and very excited about it. You know what? It was one of those things I've always loved to play. I, I coached baseball forever. I, Megan played. I coached softball and I've, I've wanted to do it for a long time. And I just never, you know, honestly, I never really had the time. I never had the time to to go ahead and do it. You know, when, when I had Sadie, my German shepherd, you know, she would take a A lot of my time as well. So, really, to to have the actual time to go to a practice after work or a game on a Saturday, things like that just weren't happening because I had other responsibilities. But since then, you know, with this new career that I have, which is absolutely amazing, which I love my job, uh, I have some of the freedom that I was looking for and searching for, you know, and and, in doing so now. (laughs) uh, So, yes, I did. I joined a softball team. I'll be playing out in Bridgewater. Uh, We practice out in East Bridgewater, which is not too far from, from where I live, which is fantastic. And uh, I'm hoping, you know what, guys, I'm excited. You know, we had a couple of practices already. I'm a little rusty, but I, I feel like I'm coming out of it. You know what I mean? I feel like I'm shaking all the bugs out. We practiced yesterday. I roped a couple into the outfield. It was it was a good feeling, man. It was good. So I think, you know, I, I think uh, we'll be successful. I hope I just, you know, again, you don't want to hurt yourself, but. What else can you do? What else can you do? So let's talk a little bit about what's been going on since uh, I've been out of the, the picture, right? Let's, let's talk about that. Let's talk about 1982, guys, right? Want to talk a little bit about 1982? Because I don't want to talk about 2020 anymore. Let's just... 1982. Average cost of a new home, $82,200. Not bad, right? Average income per year was about $21,000. The average monthly rent was $320. Gasoline, 91 cents a gallon. Average price of a new car was about $8,000. You know what? A stamp was 20 cents. I remember... I don't know, I think you got to use two stamps now, but I do I remember like the stamps being like 15 cents I think. I think that's as far back as I remember. And that's pretty much it. I mean I know satellite came out and like satellite receivers and people wanted to buy like you know like the Sony color TVs all that stuff like ridiculously priced back then. 4.99 for a TV, gas grill 1.99. Pretty cool. If you were to go buy a single-family home, a new single-family home just built, new Choose Your Color appliances, order now for $64,000. huh? So there you go. That's what it cost to live in 1982. And just some other cool stuff. You guys remember... The Chicago Tylenol murders, right? There was a series of poisoning deaths resulting in drug tampering in the Chicago metropolitan area in 1982. The victims had all taken Tylenol-branded acetamorphin capsules. It had been laced with potassium cyanide. No suspects have ever been charged or convicted of the poisonings. Imagine that. Who knew? 1982. And uh, just so you know, Johnson & Johnson owns that crazy uh 1982 the first artificial heart had been created and uh used widely known Mr Robert Jarvik successfully permanent artificial heart implementation of the patient Barney Clark caught the attention of media around the world an extraordinary openness of the medical experiment uh facilitated by the University of Utah imagine that so they they ended up doing it They, they they put a heart in and uh wow amazing the highest success rate of any mechanical heart. Wow, well, there you go. There you have it. Gee, I wonder how long it actually lasted, but it is successful, and they say it's still uh, it's still in use. Huh. Funny, funny, funny. No further communication. Uh, the story of the Ocean Ranger disaster. If you guys remember this, in February of 1982, the world's largest oil rig, semi-submersible craft called the Ocean Ranger, sank in a ferocious storm off the Grand Banks of Newfoundland. Wow, in the North Atlantic. Over 84 people aboard died, although this Sea disaster is not nearly as famous as other marine tragedies, uh, like the Lusitana. It combines exact factors. You know, it was a really bad storm, huge wave, they called it in and that was it. They got the radio call and that was it. It just disappeared, gone. Crazy, right? They just saw debris flowing. I I don't know, man. That's that I think that's a special kind of person that they get in those helicopters, man, and they, they fly out to those oil rigs, right? Well, speaking of oil rigs, I mean, if you didn't know, they make a ridiculous amount of money, and even now with the fact that they're doing fracking again, the United States is number one right now in extracting oil. Yeah, crude oil. It's amazing. You never thought that would happen. I mean, typically you think of you know Saudi Arabia's and Iran's, and even the Venezuelas, but uh, we're right there. We're producing a, b- a bunch of it. Speaking of that region, Vietnam. The Viet Veterans Memorial was created. Uh, the Vietnam Veterans Memorial is dedicated in Washington D.C. after the, after a march to the site. The memorial was. Sim- Simply shaped in a V-shaped black granite wall inscribed with the names of 57,939 Americans who died in the conflict. And they're arranged, and if you didn't know this, they're arranged in order of death and not rank. If you haven't had a chance to see that, you just, you gotta, you gotta check that out. Other cool things of 1982? Italy. Hey, how about Italy? Good for you. Italy defeats West Germany three to one. To win the 1982 World Cup in Spain, the tournament featured the first penalty shootout in a World Cup. Imagine that! This was the last World Cup to feature two rounds of group stages. It was also the third time in which uh, all four semi-finalist teams were European. Yeah, I tell you, the Europeans—they love their football, soccer. That is. <laughs> 1982 some popular films of 1982 how about E.T. E.T. was uh, released and that was forget it forget it forget it. Rocky 3 Porky's if you guys remember Porky's uh, an officer and a gentleman that was a great flick Star Trek 2 The Wrath of Khan quite honestly in my opinion the best of all the Star Trek movies Poltergeist was also uh, released in 1982 and Annie you guys remember Annie obviously the Broadway play that was brought to the uh, silver screen and that did ridiculous too. I mean, who didn't watch Annie? I you know. I think we all watched it, even out of default, if you were in school, they played it at one point or another. Chariot Sofia was another popular movie that was released that year and Gandhi as well. Popular TV shows, Magnum P.I. and Dynasty. I mean, I mentioned it a couple of times already. I mean, we've done a couple of 80s shows, but not in 1982, but a couple of 80s shows with Dynasty. Falcon Crest, Hill Street Blues, Only Fools and Horses, and of course, the famous Knight Rider. Knight Rider, that what was Michael Knight. I mean, you couldn't, the Hoff one of the greatest shows of all time and I will tell you guys a little this little easter egg for you that's the ringtone on my wife's phone for me is the right (laughs) so there you go little easter egg maybe I'll make a maybe we'll do like a trivia at some point and that'll that'll be in there who knows moving on how about I don't care what you say I know the 80s were just cocaine induced haze but with that said there was a lot of great music and I wanted to introduce this episode's discology with this fantastic song and you know in light of current events and I say, why the hell not? How about it, Paul? And Steve? Yeah. yeah. know all the words you could sing right along you know that was released in 1982 and number one single for paul mccartney and stevie wonder and it was released in march of 29th that year the song featured mccarthy's album tug of war a self-empowerment hit uh that hit with struggles and issues with racial equality the song reached number one on both the uk and u.s charts it was huge i remember the song it was just absolutely i mean everybody was listening to this and singing along the title was inspired by mccartney hearing uh spike mcgillen uh, say black notes white notes you need to play the two to make harmony folks right? it doesn't get any better than that it doesn't it was awesome and if you guys didn't know little secret on that one uh, they actually didn't film that together. They were in separate places. And, you know, this is before the the birth of um, technology the way we have it now. I mean, obviously, we have the ability to transmit data. This is, we're talking 1982, guys. So, you know, one recorded at one studio, one recorded the other. And they said, even the video, even the video, they weren't together when they recorded that song. But the song was so inspiring. And it really was during that, that a rough time in our nation. I mean, in 1982, man, we had a that was a huge recession in 1982 if you don't remember it was a huge struggle and uh it wasn't easier then than it is now and you know racial equality and white and black and all of it all of it was just relevant then and, and it's the reason why I even bring it up because you know people think that this is all happening now this is guys this has just been happening all along and until we realize that again if we r- erase our history we are doomed to repeat it and so you know again let's try to uh, remind ourselves but you know if you if you're looking back and you're thinking about the 80s you, you, this this next band I mean it's just they're absolutely phenomenal and when you start hearing it you just you got to stop moving and you just can't you can't help yourself it just it gets to the to the inside oh, gonna do? what I want to do is dance. Do? Don't you wanna dance? Or do you wanna get out? I want you gon' do. You wanna get out? I want you gon' do. You wanna get out? Tell me. Get down on it. Get down on it. Get down on it. Get down on it. Come on in, get down on it. So I know you're moving. I know you're grooving. And of course. That's Get Down On It by the band Cool and the Gang Off their album Something Special That was their 13th studio album You would never guess that Platinum And these guys are from New Jersey Mr. Bell Mr. Thomas Mr. Mickens, Mr. Smith, Mr. Brown, and Mr. West. Jeez, how do you follow that up, right? Those guys were awesome. And you know, they went through so... When you read... I I always do the research for the Discology guys because I just, again, I love music and I love the the element that it brings to the show. And they they were like switching out all kinds of people and the band changed so many times and eventually they finally signed with D-Light Record and they were called... Cool in the gang, which is cool, right? That's <laughs> cool. The gang. So this next artist, I know I've played her uh, a couple of times, and you know, to me, she's a hero, breast cancer survivor. She's been through so much, and I know that as of recently, things not probably not well with her medically. And I and I wish her all the best to her and her family. But you know, back in the day, she was a powerhouse in the '80s, and then of course the '80s, and of course she had a little bit of disco in there. You know, disco again, as bad as it could be, there was some good. And you know what? This is, I think, this is one of the good. And if you, I mean, you got to you got to enjoy this. You can't walk away from this and not move, right? Because this was Olivia Newton-John, and she was getting physical off her 12th studio album. Maybe it was the Australian accent. Was it, maybe? Maybe. that album (laughs) environmental protection yeah it became the most successful album of the early 1980s it was ranked one of the best selling selling albums by australian solo artist olivia newton john good for you good for you i love her she's awesome and you know what this next artist i mean it only makes sense to when you start talking about these guys and you talk about what it represents you know i always tell you guys to me music are, music represents bookmarks in my life i can when when i play it i immediately go back to that time and that space when i heard it either for the first time or when i applied that influence of the song to that situation and no more no more influential than this next song and this next band are you ready for this guys are you ready remember this of course you do Survivor, 1982, reached number two in the Billboard 200, and of course, number one in the U.S. once Rocky III was released. The name of the band is Survivor. In case you didn't know, it's just one of those songs, you know Eye of the Tiger, but do you know Survivor? And this was a huge hit for them and an epic bookmark. Rising up, back on the street, till my time took my chances. With the distance now, I'm back on my feet, just a man and his will to survive. Right? That's it, it's the movie. The whole movie, you can't help it. Rocky. Sylvester Stallone. My hero. Who didn't love him, man? There, there was no better story than than the Rocky stories. You know what I mean? You know what? I will go with you, Rocky, all the way to Rocky Five. i I'm with you to Rocky Five the, with the Russian. Beyond that, I, I'm sorry. But I'll tell you what, to Rocky Five, you got me. And you know what? In all fairness, I, I haven't watched Creed. Really, you know, one of those movies that just has escaped me, and I will give that uh, the opportunity... At some point. But I will tell you what. The Rocky Trilogy. Well I say Trilogy. Because up to Rocky 3. 4 and 5 were kind of. Uh, but they were still good. Of course. Sylvester Stallone only getting. You know. Older and older. As the Rocky. <laughs> films went on. So it got a little more. You know. But anyway. They, they, were, they were worth it. And I, and I enjoyed them. This next band guys. You can't talk about the 80's. Without this band. You know. You may not know the name. You may not know the, the name. I mean, you know the name of the song, but you probably wouldn't know the name of the group if I didn't tell you. So I'll play this one out. You'll check it out, and you're going to be like, yeah, I remember that one. <music> Do you remember the name of the band? If you don't, it was Human League. And this is their studio Studio album. I in a cocktail bar When I met you I picked you out, I shook you up And turned you around Turned you into someone new Now five years later on You've got the world at your feet Success has been so easy for you But don't forget Pretty good, that right? That that was a good jam you, you can say what you want But then, back then uh, very, like, techno-y. Uh, <laughs> they got a lot of success with that song. And at some point, Don't You Want Me hit number one uh, for seven weeks. Don't, don't you know you you Funny. Good stuff. Good stuff. Thank you, Human League. Right? Thank you. I, I can only do so much. But <laughs> it's just really, I mean, they were influential, and I like to play them. But sometimes it's kind of gotta got to move on. Yeah, you have to move on. And then, you know what? This next group, you know what? I don't want to slow it down a little bit for you guys. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Just so you can appreciate some of the good ones. And then this, of course, this band was absolutely phenomenal. And if you don't remember, you got to remember Chicago, right? And it was hard to say I'm sorry. This was off their Chicago 16, And that was their 13th studio album by the American Chicago Band. Everybody needs a little time away i heard her say From each other Even lovers need a holiday I me to say I'm sorry. So 13 was considered you their comeback album. But I, you know, I don't even know if they, did they ever really come back? I mean, I know that song was, was pretty big and, and, and it hit, you know, the Billboard 200. But I, I think outside of that one, I don't, you know, it was certified gold, right? Hard to say I'm sorry. The song, but the album was kind of, I think they just kind of fizzled out to be honest with you. But my next artist that we're going to share. Is someone that actually I believe was on the last episode, and he keeps popping up in the '80s. You know, I did an '80s, and I do another '80s, and of course, this gentleman. I mean, you know what? If you got it, you got to play him. If you don't play these songs, people are going to call you out because these are just phenomenal. They're just so influential. And when you got a guy like Mr. Lionel Richie, you know, like, I mean, this guy was just right. Trendsetter. This is of the '80s, right? You can't deny it. Baby you find there's only one love you might I've got so much love and needing you so much And this you are was his debut solo album And that was released in October of 1982 so And if you guys didn't know He was on Motown Records. And it was released while Richie was still a member of the Commodores. I bet you didn't know that. And then shortly later, he left. You know why? Because he knew And there you go. And that topped the Billboard Hot 100. There you go, Lionel. He was dancing on the ceiling, right? Guy was all over the place. So influential. And even now, he's shaping music, right? Because he's on American Idol. He's a judge. And he's doing his thing there. So good for him, right? Good for him. Just success all over the place. This next artist, guys, I'm going to play. And really, truly, and honestly, this is absolutely, truly out of respect. This artist has been playing music as long as I can remember. Uh, I did a little bit of history on him, not too, too much. But I know that, you know, in the 60s and even in the 50s, this guy was influential. So you'll appreciate it when you hear this. And this was off his 27th studio album. Maybe I didn't love you Quite as often as I could have maybe i didn't treat you it was billboard number one country album of the I year found. for 1982 and it stayed there if i made you feel second best for 253 weeks girl i'm sorry i was blind it peaked at 22 you i'm sorry it peaked at number one on my for 22 weeks, as well as spending 99 weeks on, my, my on the Billboard 200. And maybe I didn't hold you All those lonely, lonely times. And of course, Mr. Willie Nelson, 87 years young. And I Long life I to you, you, my friend. Long life to you. Phenomenal, right? That's amazing stuff, guys. It really is, right? You got to love it. I hope you guys are enjoying this discology because, you know, putting this together, you try to pick the right music. You know, I I try to pick a little bit of everything. I want to try to appeal to everyone because not everybody likes everything. And I think if I pick a little bit of all that, really just the the more dynamic, influential, cultural, impactful music that you guys can relate, you know, and nothing (laughs) more relatable then this next band. You guys are going to love these guys. You know what I'm talking about when I say. Do you remember this one? The Alan Parsons Project? Eye in the Sky? Well, it was off the 6th studio album. just somebody that kind of remembers sitting in the back seat right going for rides with mom and dad I do and that was released in June of 1982 good jam good jam good stuff good driving music right of course Alan Parsons project fantastic stuff cool Cool. Let's move on, right? I am with you. So this next group, you guys are going to absolutely love this one. You got to relate. And I'll tell you a funny story about this one. You know, I've told you guys in the past that that, you know, my brother and I, yeah, we both are, you know, we were instrumental, we we grew up with music in our lives and we, we can play a couple of instruments, you know, play, obviously, for those of you who know us, we play the accordion, that was like the first instrument that I learned to play, being Portuguese, and then, you know, the guitar, keyboards, drums, here we put a little bit of everything, but my brother is Brother Lou, shout out Brother Lou. My brother is absolutely phenomenal with the accordion. I know I've mentioned this in the past. Well, you know, we, there was a, a while there where, where people were requesting us to go to their homes when they had the Holy Ghost Feasts, and we would play the accordion for a duration of time all night so that people could dance and celebrate. I mean, the, the Holy Ghost Feast in, in the culture, the Portuguese culture, is a really big deal. Uh, and everybody that I knew and everybody that, you know, we were involved with, were you know, pretty much Portuguese culturally, we were celebrating all these events together. So when we'd go to these, I mean, everybody knew us, knew my brother because of the fact that, you know, he played the accordion real, real well. He played the cultural music and people would dance and it was just really phenomenal. And I, I'll never forget it that I was, uh, you know, obviously after everything was done, you know, we'd, we'd always hang out and we were young, man, we were kids. And I remember being in, in the, you know, obviously if, if anybody who knows, if you're Portuguese, the basement is not for storage. The basement is your second apartment. See, Portuguese people live in their basements and then have keep their furniture on the first floor. And in this case, we were all in the basement hanging out. And it was towards the end of the night. And I remember that this song came on. I'll never forget it. And my brother, man, he can sing like a canary, man. What a voice on him. I remember him singing this entire song in front of a group. And it was just, I know what, and it stuck with me. And this, And that's the bookmark for this song. That's the bookmark. phenomenal right and it was perfect it was perfect and the song was huge it was a big hit everybody knew it and uh, man that was that was a special time but I'll tell you what the name of the band for this one is Quarterflash. flash and the name of the song is Heart in My Heart. And it was off their debut album released in 1981. And it was something like this. I hope Brother Lou remembers that story. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. Yeah, good jam. And that was huge. That song hit number one Billboard Rock Top Charts. And it was there for 16 solid weeks. I mean, I'll tell you. Some songs. Whatever it is. Who knows what it is. And you know what, guys? this This is it. This is the last one. I wanted it to be a really cool song. I always appreciate these guys. You know what? They're very talented. If I had to think of a band that I could relate these guys to, it would be Dave Matthews. That type of music. And and these guys are all over the place. You know, there's a couple of albums that they have that you can literally just, literally start to finish. Just great, great music. And this is just another one of those great jams. And as soon as I, you know, if I play this, you guys are going to know what it is because it's so influential. And it was so big in the 80s. And it was their 12th studio album. For this amazing group, Steve Miliband. I heat up, I can't cool down. spinning round and round. Round and round, and round it goes. Where it stops, nobody knows. Every time you call my name, I heat up like a burning flame. And this song was released burning in 2019. 19- in June by Capitol Records and it hit number one stayed there for a week good stuff Steve thank you buddy great great stuff and just to close out 1982 in case you guys didn't know some birthdays let's talk about some birthdays Andy Roderick in case you guys don't know he won the uh, the title 2003 US Open August 30th He's 38 years old How about Mrs. Leanne Rimes? Remember her? She's 38 Kelly Clarkson Nicki Minaj How about her? 37 Mr. Little Wayne 37 Prince William's 38 She's Seth Rogen's 38 There you go We'll see her 1982's some of the technology of 1982 The first CD player was sold in Japan The Weather Channel had for the first time Huh? How about that? 20 million Elm Streets died in the UK Through Dutch Elm Disease Imagine that? Crazy The first commercial use of genetic engineering was launched mm-hmm. And guess what they came up with? Insulin Changed everything If you were curious, that year's man of the year for Time magazine. I wasn't a man at all. It was a computer. Cool, man. And that's it. And that is going to ring out 1982, guys. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. I love it. I just, I mean, guys, the, the music, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. And if you didn't know, I was away for a little bit. You know, you, I know you guys are patiently waiting. I got some great messages from some people. You know, hey, what's going on? You know, we haven't had the show in a couple of weeks. And I just, you know, I really wanted to talk about that for a second and just really let everybody know that, you know, I, I, stepping away, I'm not, ste- I, I never did step away from the show. Ultimately, what it comes down to, and I've said this before and I know I've said it a million times, and here we are, 39 episodes, and I'll say it a million more. I will never sit behind the microphone. Not knowing or not having the sensation or the feeling of delivering an amazing message every single time. Uh, I have to feel it. It has to be there. And you know, it's for me to come in here once a week and just sit and just do it. Sometimes it just doesn't work out that way. I you know I have struggles too, guys. I'm like you. I have job. Uh, I work full-time, you know, there are good days, there are bad days, there are good weeks, there are bad weeks, and sometimes you just got to deal with them. But most of all, it's really being in the right state of mind to deliver, you know, these, a great message. And and that's really what I wanted to do. And I felt like today was the day. It just felt right. Everything was kind of aligned. And I just, really, to be honest with you guys, I felt like somebody was shaking the bottle and the, the cork just needed to pop. You know, it was just, I, I needed to get some of this out. I just wanted to express myself, you know, just enough. It's like overload with everything that's going on. And and with that, it just I wanted to just close out the show with some food for thought. You know, I I always want to bring something to the show that maybe makes you think a little bit, you know, not just my ideas, just not my thoughts, but maybe your ideas and your thoughts and things that that you think might help you in your life. So, you know, I I came across these really, really cool questions, you know, and and when I read them, and again, I'm always looking to better myself. You know, I always want to ask the right questions and sometimes asking the right questions and putting yourself in the right state of mind can really shift your way of thinking and just maybe sometimes make you realize again like I always tell you guys I'm not I'm not here to teach you nothing I'm just here to make you make you realize and just remind you of something you might have forgot you know and in this case you know there's a couple of questions you know actually there's there's six of them and I'm going to read them to you guys and you know I will just give you a minute with them and then you guys can do with what you will but understand like, I think really like like having a roadmap or maybe just taking a second to put yourself in check at this point in your life to say, hey, wh- where am I at? You know, and of course, so question one is this. Do you feel like you've lived the same day many times before. Do you? I mean, I know I have. I know I've felt like that. So what you really need to do is you need to take a hard look and in, in to see uh, how you're spending each day. If you're spending it like the, like the one before, is it filled with just this monotony? You know, for, for most of us, you know, monotony means boring, but for, for some of us, it's not necessarily a bad thing. And especially if you answer yes to the next question, are you living the life of your dreams? Ask yourself that question. Stop and really ask yourself that question. If you had a choice today of how to live your life, what would you do? Is it what you're doing now? Because if it's not, you really need to recheck yourself. Seriously, are you living the life of your dreams? And you know what, we can come up with a million excuses as to why we're not, but that still doesn't answer the question. Are you? And if you're not, you should be. Question three, what would you do if fear was not a factor? If you knew that you could not fail, imagine what you could accomplish. Right. Because all the the questions that, that surround you, everything, you know, back to the beginning of the podcast, guys, where I tell you the strongest emotion for control is fear. When we fear something, we're looking for support and help to protect us from that of which we are afraid of. You know, fear is difficult because it holds us back from attempting so many things. It holds us back from reaching for our dreams. What one thing would you do? What would you do? What's that one thing that you would do if, if fear wasn't an issue? If if fear was not a factor for you? What would it would it be? I'm gonna get sued by Joe Rogan. <laughs> right so just think about that you know question 4 what were you doing when you felt most passionate and alive what were you doing go back to that moment you you i know you remember it cuz you don't forget those moments go back to that moment where you felt alive and passionate think about it think about how great it felt right think about that feeling of of self accomplishment that that feeling of of fulfillment try to recapture that That's where this all leads. That's where question one, two, and three lead you. It leads you to four. And then, of course, it leads you to five. What are you most grateful for? Stop for a quick second and take a look around. Take a moment. Consider all the things in your life. Think of all the things that you should be grateful for. There's always something or many things. There's a core. No matter how big, no matter how small, what does it mean to you? And you can't lose sight of that. What are you most grateful for? And finally, this is this is it. This is gonna be this is the one that's gonna blow your mind. You ready? What causes the most stress in your life? Well, I know some of you are probably giggling and probably some of you are laughing, and if you're driving with your spouse, you're probably looking over at them right now. But the truth and reality is really, honestly. What causes the most stress in your life? Is it the job? Is it a coworker? Is it it an employee? You know, these are the things that you have to pinpoint on. You know, because left unchecked, this is just going to continue to eat you alive. It's going to burrow itself just deeper and deeper and deeper. So pinpoint these things in your life that are causing stress and remove them remove them. You know, there are things in our lives that we have to deal with that we have no control over. That in itself is already difficult enough. But when you add in stresses that are from outside sources that are causing you stress, truth and honest, I mean, where are you headed? Seriously, where are you headed? So you know, those are just a couple. You know, this was like there was like twenty something odd questions, but those six right there, I thought were really core and fundamental. And I hope you guys, you know, you can go ahead and you can play that back and listen to those. And and again, just go through it and just really put yourself in check and realize it. And you know, I get this really cool thing that I wanted to share with you guys real quick. If you don't know, they say that there's a way to determine your personality in four questions. So I have a clip. I'm going to play it. I'll let this play out in its entirety uh, and you guys can have fun with it as you go along. But just give this give this a quick listen. I have a very cool trick of how you can understand your personality in four simple questions. Okay, are you ready? Here we go. First question is, what is your favorite animal in the world? Okay, you got it. That is how you perceive yourself. Second question. What is your second favorite animal in the world? You got it? All right. That's how you perceive your partner to be. Third question. When you think of the ocean, what do you think of? Got it? That's how you perceive love. Fourth question. When you think of darkness, what do you think of? That's how you perceive death. That's how you understand your personality in four questions. So how cool is that, guys, right? There you go. Understanding your personality in four questions. And I did it, and I thought it was really, really cool, and I thought, geez, let me share that with the audience. And again, being what the show is, an organic journey, I thought that that was very, very fitting for the episode. So, guys, that's pretty much it. That's, you know, again, I don't want to go on a drawn-on rant about the current situation and the environment in which we are all living in because you are all aware we are all aware we are all quite aware and somehow the media platforms whether it be the instagrams the twitters the facebook the tiktok the cnn the fox the cnbc no matter what it is they're they're making absolute certainty that we're getting the message whatever that message is you know whatever their message is is what they're pumping out there Again I always just ask everyone just guys just do your own research go out there check for yourselves don't take everything for face value just because your buddy tells you something doesn't mean it's true you know I I've heard things I've said things and and you know what and it wasn't very long ago that I happened to repeat something that I didn't fact check and you know what I, I got mud in my face you know and I went and I and I apologized to that individual and I told him and I said you know what I was misunderstood i I could have swore that this was the way that this was and didn't realize that I <laughs> I was saying something that wasn't true. So again, you know, it happens to all of us, but just when we absolutely fundamentally base our ideas and function on these misleading lies, then obviously then what, what are we, right? What's the message that we're delivering to the people that we're uh, engaging with, right? So I just put everybody, look just just be on caution. Be very, very careful. There's a lot going on right now. You know, even you know sports. You know, everything's kind of starting to get back into into play here, and you got people saying things that just again, guys, keep in mind. You know, I always go back to Kim Kardashian and what she said. You know, it doesn't matter what they're saying if they're talking about you, they're talking about you. You know, and even some of these sports athletes that are just you know they're on social media, they're saying things like the Holocaust never happened. And guys, you know, one to me, there's two things happening there. One, someone who is starving for attention, and two, if that's really true seriously if that's honestly really true that somebody believes that the holocaust didn't happen that Auschwitz, like like any the idea that someone doesn't believe that is a serious problem and if that represents what this generation lacks in information then that is more dangerous you know why I, I had a shop teacher that once he t- told me once adult tool is always more dangerous than a sharp one when you think about it that there's nothing more true than that adult tool is always more dangerous than the sharp one. So I'll leave that with you. I hope that this episode finds you all well. I hope that you guys have an opportunity to go over, check out the social media websites, you know, the Instagram, the Facebook, the Twitter, of course, loveshriners.org. Always supporting the Shriners Children's Hospital, guys. If you can go over there and support that great organization. And of course, if you guys can help out the show, it's always, always, always appreciated over at the Bobby Kudu Show at Patreon. If you guys want to Kick a little something, something my way over at anchor.fm forward slash support forward slash the Bobby Kudo show. As I've mentioned before, guys, it really, really helps with the cost of, you know, operating the show, you know, the hosting, uh, the time it takes to put this all together and actually just the equipment that it takes to go along with it. You know, honestly, I uh, continue to upgrade and add different functions to the show and hope that uh, things sound better and that the quality of the show is just more and more professional for you. Uh, for the audience and that that brings me peace that's what i want i want this to be the best it could possibly be and i hope that you all enjoy it as much as i enjoy creating it and guys don't forget to go over to the com. show your support for the show Go over to Etsy. Go grab a t-shirt. Go grab a tank top. Tis the season. Randy, shout out to my boy Randy. They were out in Hampton Beach over the weekend and my man was sporting the Bobby Kudo show t-shirt. Man, I, I'm so grateful for that. Thank you so much for showing your support for the show. And like I say, everybody, go over to TikTok. I mean, while it's still there, right? Because the government's going to pull TikTok to saying that China somehow has control over that, that it's owned by China right? How crazy is that? And that they're collecting all this information. I mean, you think about it, the amount of information people put on their social media, right? Think about it. That's, it's no joke. I mean, if you could literally, you know, if you, when you really think about it, you could, you could profile everybody, literally, you could profile me from my Instagram. I mean, I'm, you can pretty much tell exactly who I am and how I feel and how I would react to certain things. So, I mean, again, that's some, that's some serious information. So that's some serious threats. And when you think about TikTok and how big it's grown and become, the idea that the government's saying that they're going to pull uh, pull the plug on it, that's, that's pretty scary. So just keep an eye out for that. But in the meantime, go check it out. I mean, I'm constantly posting stuff on TikTok. And again, if you guys want to get a little closer to the show, and of course to me, uh, the host of the show, go over and check that out. Uh, and show your support for the show. And that, guys, and that's pretty much the episode. I hope you all enjoyed it. The intro, discology, just a little bit of, you know, just a little bit of something from the show. I, I Again, I didn't want to get into a situation where it was going to be a show about me just kind of dropping the bomb and just releasing. But a lot of it was really going to be about that. And uh, I just, sometimes you got to put yourself in check and realize that you got to get past that. And there are other things to talk about other than uh, the, all the bad. And I and I wanted to talk about some good things. I wanted to maybe put us all in check. Maybe just get the brain thinking uh, in different in different ways. Uh, and maybe maybe start focusing back on success. Getting back on our feet again. Getting outside again. And being a part of society. Uh, so guys, please join me. Go follow. You know, again, and you know, go catch up on the episodes, right? If you haven't listened, guys, this is thirty nine. There were thirty eight before this one. So go listen. Go check them out. Go get a feel for the show. Uh, enjoy all of the episodes, all of the content, you know, available on all your favorite platforms. Guys, the Bobby Cuda Show is everywhere. Just type it in Google. It's going to come up, and you can enjoy these episodes. So I always encourage you guys, go back and listen to previous episodes. And I got to tell you, episode 40 is right around the corner, and I'm hoping I got something special planned for episode 40. It is a an epic episode, given the fact that here we are, 40 episodes in. Uh, I'm just humbled by that. So the idea that we're 40, I want to celebrate. So maybe we'll bring in some talent. Maybe we'll bring in some guests. So be on the lookout, peeps. I might be reaching out to you looking uh, (laughs) looking for some guests. Nobody can hide. I will find you, right? So with that said, guys, remember, uh, if you guys haven't done so already, go give Gary Cabral, my buddy over at RideCut Realtors, a call 508-415-4177 with all your real estate questions and needs. And if you wanna shoot him an email, cabg2711 at yahoo.com and tell Gary you heard about him from his buddy, Bobby Kudo from the Bobby Kudo Show, right? And he'll take care of you, especially now, guys. A lot of people buying houses, selling houses, uh, seems like a lot of that's going on. So get in on that, right? Don't don't sit on it. Get in on it. You, know, you get that extra money. Maybe you got a little something, something to put down, right? Maybe this is the time to buy a little something away from home, a little cabin, a little cottage, a little getaway vacation, right? Gary can help you with that. So go hit him up. He'll appreciate it. And I'll appreciate it, right? Because anybody who's supporting the show, I'm always grateful for. So remember that, guys. Take care of yourselves. Take care of your family. Listen, don't watch too much news. Do yourself a favor. Shut the news off. Turn on Bobby Cuda Show right? Shut up the news, turn on the Bobby Kudo Show, right? Do that. And with that said, guys, remember, always remember that all roads lead. Need-